So today is Easter Sunday. Um, I did not grow up in church, and so there is a tradition within the church to where I'll say, he is risen, and then everyone says, he is risen indeed. But I don't, I don't know that everyone knows how to do that, because I wouldn't have known how to do that if I showed up to church uh, as a young guy. So we're, we're going to try it again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. All right, amen. So um, it's going to be a short sermon because we're baptizing folks, which is um, another amen uh, to a short sermon. Um, so Easter is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus, and it is the pinnacle of our Christian faith. And when I think about this, when I think about Jesus, was Jesus a good man? Yes, he was a good man. Uh, are Jesus's teachings worth reading? Yes, they are worth reading. But Jesus wasn't just a good man, and Jesus wasn't just a good teacher. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is the sacrifice for our sin and death. Jesus is the resurrection of the dead. And Jesus invites us to believe, to, to belong with him, to be with him. And that if we believe in him, if we follow him, then we too will also be resurrected. We will be a part of the resurrection of the dead with him. And so when we look at the life of Jesus, that Jesus, let's see if this works. Next slide. Jesus was born. Jesus is born into the world that he created. And I think many of us, many people believe that the reason Jesus came was because he was trying to make bad kids into good kids. But the problem isn't about being good or bad. The problem is about being dead or alive. The problem is sin and death. And that Paul says in the book of Romans that the penalty of sin is death. He is born into the world to pay the penalty of sin. Next slide. That Jesus leads us, and we see in his life that he's born into the world that he creates, and he comes to pay the penalty of sin and death, and he comes and he teaches us. He teaches us about the kingdom of God. He, his kingdom is unlike any earthly kingdom that we've ever seen. No kingdom that's ever existed is anything like the thing that Jesus describes or displays to us. Uh, the meek are blessed. We are to love our enemies. And you must be born again to live within this kingdom. So it's unlike anything we've ever seen. And even as a young guy, before I knew Christ, uh, I used to think that being born again was some type of weird cult that you belong to. I didn't understand what all of that meant. But again, the, the penalty of sin is death, and we need to be born again into his kingdom. Next slide. He becomes the symbol of the promise that we have in him. The bread becomes his flesh. The wine becomes his blood. We, we eat of this. That Jesus is now inside of us. His life is our life. He becomes this for us. Next slide. And Jesus has to die. Jesus has to pay the penalty of sin, which is death. Your sin. My sin. 
This is what nails him to the cross. This is one of my favorite paintings by Salvador Dali. Um, and actually, when I, when I first started following Jesus, our next-door neighbor, they were having a garage sale, and they sold this painting. I mean, it was a you know, little tiny small thing for like a quarter to me. And I had this painting up in my room, and when all my friends and I were partying in the room, and they'd ask me, you know, like, yo, McMasters, you a Christian now? And I'm like, I think I, I, think I am. This is one of my favorite paintings, and it's kind of a zoom in on him. And one of the things that you'll see on the hands, even though you see the shadows and they kind of look like nails, they're just, they're just shadows, that there are no nails holding him to this cross in this painting, either on his feet or on his hands. Because my sin nailed him to that cross, one, and his choice held him there. It weren't the nails that held him to the cross. It was something that he chose to do for us. That he he thought that we were worth it. Next slide. Jesus comes into a world he creates. Jesus teaches us about the ways of the kingdom, to love our enemies, and to be born again. He becomes the sign of a new promise between God and man, that, is, that the bread is his flesh and the wine is his blood. He pays the price for your sin. He dies my death. Jesus, Jesus wasn't just a good man. Jesus was not just a good teacher. Jesus is God in the flesh. And he is the beginning of a new creation. Next slide. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12, just in terms of the account of the resurrection of Jesus. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Next slide. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because the words seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. All right, next slide. So this is the account. This is Luke's account of the resurrection. This is what, what they had heard that the women went, and they went into the tomb to put the burial spices on him, but that he was, he was gone. And I think it's important, at least here um, in verse 11, because... It says, but they, the disciples, 
did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. And my thought on that is, of course, like dude is like raised from the dead. It's just a weird experience. You would go in and you would see this. And I think any of us would have been somewhat mystified or confused about what was happening in that moment. I mean, we have the luxury of being here, and, and for most of us, we believe, and so we'll just believe that. But for them, it would have seemed like nonsense because it's radical. It's something that had never taken place and hasn't taken place since. And so when I think about this, but they, the disciples, did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Here's the thing, one of the other things that I love about Jesus is that Jesus doesn't force us to believe. He doesn't force anyone to believe. And Jesus will not make you believe. It's not his job. He doesn't make you believe. Go to the next slide. You have choice. You can choose what it is that you would like to do. God has given you something that's called autonomy, and autonomy is the power to be able to choose. You don't have to believe, and God is not going to force you to believe. It is your choice whether or not you will believe in Christ. You have the choice to drop in or to not drop in, to go all in or to not go all in. Obviously, I don't think any of us would drop in here. It's all just a metaphor about Jesus. <laughs> but we all have the power of choice. We can choose to go all in. And your choices have ramifications. So do you take the plunge and believe? But the thing is, you don't live in a world that is neutral. You live in a world that is vying for your attention, for your affection, for your devotion. Want to go to the next slide? The world will tell us, this is what you need. More of this. This will make you happy. This will take away the pain. Just need more vacations. The ideal family. You need more credit. Social media, politics, booze, prescription pills, retirement. We don't live in a world that's neutral. We live in a world that is vying for your affections, promising you that it will take away the pain, it will take away the hurt, it will give you purpose. I'm an educated guy. I have a master's degree, two of them. But I have a PhD in getting it wrong. Because I have tried. I have tried everything the world has to offer in terms of if I just become more politically involved, then I'll be less frustrated. Or if I take more vacations or all of these things. I truly have tried. And maybe you're not done trying. Maybe you don't believe. But the world's pleasures are momentary. Next slide. And then there's Jesus who says he can take away your pain, who says he can heal you. 
that he can give you purpose. That living life in his way will help you to realize what it truly means to be human in the most fullest sense. That the needs that you have, that you might not even know that you have, that he can fulfill those. And he's a humble guy who makes outrageous claims, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I have come to bring you life. And not then, just then, but now as well. Can Jesus truly bring you the contentment you long for here and now? Next slide. But those same disciples who did not believe witnessed something. This is a picture, a painting of Thomas touching the wounds, doubting Thomas. It's where we get the term from. Don't be such a doubting Thomas, because Thomas doubted, and it's okay to doubt. Jesus isn't afraid of you doubting. They witnessed something, something they would all be willing to die for. They would all be martyred. They would all die rather than recant or say that, that, that what they saw was not true. They claim that Jesus came back from the dead. Now, if the disciples lied, then we've all been fooled. Next slide. But if they told the truth, reality as we know it hinges on this man in this moment. Truly. That reality as we know it hinges not only just on this moment, but on this man. He has come to give you true commitment and life. Um, the choice has always been yours to believe or not to believe. It is completely up to you. I would Vote for Jesus. <laughs> I've been following him for 25 years, and it's been difficult. But life is difficult. Again, you have to choose what difficult path you're going to walk. But to know that I'm loved unconditionally, that there's nothing I can do to make him love me more or less, he loves me. That there's nothing I can do to make him love me more. And there's nothing I can do to make him love me less. He loves me as I am. He doesn't love me as I ought to be or I should be or I want to be. He loves me right now, here, in this moment, regardless of what I've done earlier today or this past week or how he's heard me speak to people as I'm driving my car. He just loves me and he loves you unconditionally. And to be loved unconditionally by my creator, by your creator, is the most magnificent thing I've ever experienced and worth all the pain of following him. All of it. Um, Matt, you want to come up and all the guys who are getting baptized, you guys want to head back and um, change up and get ready to be baptized?
So baptism on Easter is a tradition that goes back thousands of years within the church. It's something that the church has been doing for a long time, baptizing people on uh, Easter, Easter Sunday. And baptism is nothing more than an outward demonstration of an inward decision. So baptism does not save you. These people are not getting saved because they're getting baptized. They're not better Christians because they're getting baptized. Essentially, what's happening, it's an outward demonstration of an inward decision that is happening. And so what it symbolizes is that um, they are first as they stand. They will be standing up there, and it represents that this is the old man, and we're baptizing nothing but men. And so the old man dead in their sins, dead in their transgressions, and then they enter into the water, which represents essentially the grave, and they're going to go into the grave. The dead man, the old man, is going to go into the grave. And then they will come out as new creations in Christ, born again, never to die again. They will be a part of the resurrection of the dead. And at the same time, this is not something that we do on our own because this is a communal event. This is something that we're doing together because if you try to do Christianity on your own, then you're essentially doing a non-biblical form of Christianity because Christianity is a team event. It is a group sport. And so we do this as a church because they're born into a community. They're born into a family that we walk together. We don't walk alone. Um, and so one of the things, when they do get baptized, here's the thing. Um, when they do get baptized, we are going to, if you want to, if you don't want to, that's fine. Um, I give you permission to scream and shout as loud as you would like to in church. If anyone brought an air horn, that might be taking it a bit too far. Um, but maybe we should try that one time. I don't know. Um, but, man, here's the thing. Someone who is dead, who is born again, and is now in Christ, born again, part of the resurrection of the dead, it's worth cheering for. So I give you permission uh, to do that. Do you guys want to practice? All right, guys. All right. Hold. All right. I was going to get one, two, three, but you guys are all psyched. Um, all right. So. They are going to sing another, uh, we're going to worship just for a little bit as we're back there transitioning, and then um, we're going to baptize some folks.
Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy that 
you've opened up the way for us to new life, to redemption, to the resurrection, to meaning and purpose. Lord, I ask that you would help us to walk with these men faithfully in community and in brotherhood. That you would give us the grace to be able to journey together as family as we follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'll do it when I'm right, done. What's your name? Uh, my name is Rob Belanti, and uh, I'm getting baptized today because I love Jesus, and I want to dedicate my life to him and his teachings. Mm, amen. <laughs> and I get really bad ear infections, so... <laughs> Well, if you want to extend your hand out as I pray for Rob, you can do that. Lord, we thank you for our brother. We ask that you would bless him, that you would meet him in a mighty way. God, we ask that he would hear your voice above all other voices and that you would show him the path that you have for him. God, and that you would just bless him and that he would be a blessing. And so, Rob, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Jeremy and I, we went to high school together. Enterprise High School, class of 93, right here, man. This is, has this is come full circle. My name is Jeremy, and um, I'm here to be baptized because it's just time. It's time to let God, God run this vessel that he's left on earth. Mm. And um, it's all I got left, man. In a long time. Yeah. Mm. Well, Lord, we thank you for our brother Jeremy. God, we thank you that you love him, that you created him, that you knit him together in his mother's womb, just so you could love him, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would just demonstrate your love to him in just special moments, that he would see your goodness, he would see your hand in his life. And, Lord, that you would just bless him tremendously and that he would know that he's loved above all things in you. So, Jeremy, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My name's James Alexander. So in Alcoholics Anonymous, they talk about step three, came to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. And that is exactly what happened. So what I'm doing today is just sharing the outside love and affection that I have had freely given to me. Mm. 
Lord, we lift up James to you. We ask that you will continue to reveal your love to him. Jesus, that you would become more and more real to him each and every day. Lord, that you would show him the purpose and the plan that you have for him. You would anoint him, Lord, to go out and demonstrate your love to those who need to be loved on. That his life would just be an overflow of what you have done in him. We thank you for James, Lord. So James, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My name is Tim. Um, oh, where are we? Is yeah, it, that's it. You're doing it, a good job. My turn? You're, doing, you're doing a good job. Doing I, good job. I didn't know if it was my turn. <laughs> it's yet. your time. Okay. Um, my name is Tim. Um, I've been living my life by my own will and my own ego and my own means, and it's gotten me absolutely nowhere. And so I am looking for a better direction in my life, mm. and following Jesus is the way to do it. Mm. Lord, we lift up Tim to you. God, and we ask that you would continue to reveal yourself to him as the way, the truth, and the life, that you would continue to just grow the seeds of your kingdom within him, Lord, and it would just grow and grow, and it would push out all of those things in him that are not of you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill him, that you would love him, and you just give him the plan and purpose that you have for him. We thank you for Tim. Now, Tim, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My name's Cody Rains. I'm here to be baptized. Um, I'm just tired of living that same old sinful life, and I'm ready to let God take the wheel. Mm, amen. Well, Lord, we ask that you would bless Cody. God, that you would continue to give him friends and family to help him to walk this path. Lord, we ask that the word would become even more and more real to him. God, that you would give him insight into, into your word, that when he reads it, the words would just come leaping off of the page, that he would become a man of the word, that he would know deeply your scriptures and that he's loved, and then he would be able to go out and teach others. Hmm. Make him a teacher, Lord. Hmm. We thank you, Lord. Cody, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You can cheer again if you want. That was awesome. This is a very exciting day, and I know all of us know this, but that we're also here to walk all the other days also with these guys as they've made this decision, and that's something 
that the Vineyard Church is actually really good is just taking those steps besides people. So it's the beginning of a journey. Every Sunday we take communion together and basically we're just obeying Jesus. He shared meals all the time with his disciples and on the Passover before he died, he, it was normal, they were gonna have another meal together, um, but he told them, do this and remember me. And so we do this and we remember him. And what we do is we grab a piece of cracker, it symbolizes the body of Christ that was broken for us. And so we grab that and we dip it in the wine that symbolizes his blood shed for us. And then you just hold it in your hand. And what we'll do is when, if you want to take communion, if you follow Jesus, or if you're choosing today, you would like to follow Jesus, you just stand up and we kind of go first row first and go down, come up the middle. We have four stations, so there's two here in the middle and then one here on the sides. You just grab it, dip it, and then bring it back to your seat. And it'll take a couple minutes, but once we're all back in our seats, we'll take the elements together. So... If you are a follower of Jesus, or if you'd like to follow Jesus today, then you're welcome to come take communion with us. Let's pray. God, we just say you are good. We thank you that you did take our punishment for our sins, and we thank you even more that you Give us a new life through your resurrection that we could have eternal life right now, right here. And we celebrate this meal together. We obey you and we remember you, Jesus, and the work you did for us. Let's take it together. Thank you for celebrating Easter with us. Um, one of other thing that we do every Sunday is if there's something in your life that you want prayer for, whether it's physical healing, something emotional going on, anything that you're just struggling with or you need support with, please come up front. Someone will lay hands on you and pray for you. And we believe that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is living in all of us to minister to each other. So come up here if you need prayer for something, and I'll just pray a blessing over us before we go. Stand up as we pray, please. God, I just ask that you would bless every person in here today, that they would just walk out with your joy and your peace. We thank you for everything you've done for us, and we just ask for your grace to walk it out in our week this week. In Jesus' name, amen.